I want more pasta. Well, I'm gonna talk about eco-terrorism. Got too excited about jorts. I'm leaving now with my Roomba or your blood on my hands. I'm back, back on my bullshit. What is meme if not airhorn persevering? No, this is this is not a family show. And I quote, many American titties. Why'd you have to bring Dane Cook to this, Andrew? No one wanted that. Oh, you guys are not ready for what I've got today. And I've apparently hit the very end of my attention span. Give me like 30 seconds, I'm looking for rhymes. Hello and welcome to Debate This, the show where no one is right, but someone is definitely wrong. In this show, we take time out of our busy adult lives to talk about comic books, video games, and how if life sold a battle pass to stop retailers from selling Christmas trees in November, I'd buy platinum plus 20 levels. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't even do that much retail shopping, but yeah. Do you get a Spider-Man skin with that at the beginning, or do you have to finish the battle pass to get that? Okay, if you buy a real-life battle pass, is a skin a costume? <laughs> I think it's a costume. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, then I guess by the logic, you would probably get the skin before, because it would be mm-hmm. when Spider-Man costumes are on sale. So We did it. If you're buying the pass in November, the costumes are already on sale from October. Yeah, I guess if you buy the November Battle Pass, it probably doesn't come with a Spider-Man skin because those sold out with the October Battle Pass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, so that was a fun bit. <laughs> anyway, there's an episode there somewhere. <laughs> if you've listened to the Office Drones DX Book 2 we released last week or the Night of the Living Don't You Knows we released on Halloween, you probably already girded your loins for our wonky schedule coming out of Spooktacular Express season. But for those uninitiated, we had the opportunity to not only get all four of us in one geographical location for an extended period of time, but we also attended the Portland Retro Gaming Expo, which involved cross-country travel and some fudging of our release schedule. If you're screaming, I want my debate this, like a tween in 1982, have no fear, we'll be back to our regularly scheduled debating next week. This week, we've pulled an audible and decided to extend our passage on the Spooktacular Express for one more spooky stop. We're hitting the Little Italy of the internet to revive one of our favorite (laughs) Spooktacular traditions, Creepypasta Storytime. Yay. Thank you for laughing hey. at my little Italy of the internet yeah, joke. Can, you, can, I get, can I get a little, little extra context on the little Italy of the internet? Well, where else do you go to get pasta, Andrew? Hey, yeah. Okay. You get pasta right. in little Italy. Okay. The, I didn't know what else to call the Italian district, so it's little Italy. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. All right. Joining me this evening are Todd Spookums Thomas and Andrew even more Spookums Henderson to transport us to the land of that alarming Alfredo. I want more pasta jokes. This is very good. When I wrote these show notes, I had two tabs open. One was thesaurus for scary. The other was types of pasta. So anyway, if this is your first October with us, welcome. We've done at least one episode every year of sitting around the digital campfire and telling vaguely video game based scary stories. We're doing that again. So deal with it so i'm gonna kick us off here I, my submission for the midnight society is haunted Game Boy camera now before we get into it i want to cover off on two very quick things one is very important there is a trigger warning here this story takes some turns and there are some pretty gory depictions of being hit by cars 
So if that is triggering for, for folks, please be aware of that. Now on a sillier side, um, if you don't know what creepypastas are, and they're basically amateur fan fiction. You know, anyone can go on. There's a number of sites up there. There's creepypastas.com where I got mine. I don't know how the term originated, and I'm sure we've talked about it in some episode. It doesn't quite matter. But basically, this is just like amateur fan fiction horror. And the purpose here is not to dunk on people who are writing and people who are trying stuff out. We're just here to have a good time. Um, we are not intended to like make fun of people for you know shooting their shot and getting out there. That said, though, creepypastas, look, ending things is hard. <laughs> <laughs> Writing is hard. <laughs> Writing endings is hard. And that the one kind of through line with all of these creepypastas is like, like it starts out like, oh, this is a really neat idea. Okay, okay. And it just kind of ends. And that's been the that's been a pretty consistent thread through here. Again, I'm not a writer. I have never I have never written anything creatively. I would probably not know how to write uh, write an ending again or myself because endings are hard. That said, I submit to the Midnight Society the haunted Game Boy camera. <clears throat> I'll never ask for anything else again. I swear, Mom. As kids, we've all said that at one point. <laughs> we find something that seems the most amazing item in the world, and we just have to have it, no matter what. For me, it was the newest handheld, a Game Boy Color. It was the most beautiful thing to a six-year-old, especially when all my friends were getting theirs. Growing up with four brothers and sisters and not especially well-off, my parents did their best, but we struggled to get by most of the time. They did their best to give us comforts and toys, but new things were out of the question. Shortly after my birthday, my mom and dad presented me with a box. I was surprised, but they said they had found something they knew I wanted very badly. My heart raced with excitement as I tore into the box, but then sank. My heart sank into the pit of my stomach. It was not a Game Boy Color. This poor excuse for a handheld was a badly abused original Game Boy. Oh no, the horror! <laughs> it looked like it had been bitten and melted by something in the corners as well as stained. Up on top, though, a strange camera stuck out of the cartridge inserted inside. When I picked it up, it read Game Boy Camera. They'd somehow managed to find it with a crappy little printer as well, complete with fading printer paper. Real quick, editor's note, the Game Boy Camera did not use uh, ink, <laughs> just to be clear. <laughs> you see, Daddy and I found it at a garage sale. It's exactly the kind you wanted. It even has a cool little camera to take pictures. I'm not sure if it was the fact that this was the first thing that had ever been given to me first and it was still someone's used piece of junk or that they had actually no idea what I wanted or maybe they had just decided it was it was too much so a replacement would suffice and I would never know the difference but in my utter disappointment I threw the worst tantrum I had thrown since I was a toddler I tossed the box on the ground and cried my eyes out screaming how they were awful and I didn't want this and I wanted my Game Boy Color well you can imagine how that turned out I got a good whooping from my father in front of all my siblings and a long lecture on gratefulness in punishment for my selfishness, they gave my gift to my brother, my brother Ryan, only a couple years older than me. I was so angry. I didn't care, though, and I was happy to be rid of the thing. Ryan, bring, being the jerk he was, teased me about it endlessly. It was a few days after that he figured out the camera and, and how to print on it. He would tease me from his room, talk about how he got to play with the cool system, and I was too little and bratty to ever touch it. I would yell back at him or slam the door to my room or just ignore it. Shortly after, though, I heard him leave his room and call out to our mom, claiming the printer was acting weird. She was busy making lunch and told him it was probably due to being used and to keep trying to see if it would fix itself. I heard him go back into his room, 
and go back out a little while later, saying it was probably busted and he was going to his friend's house. Wondering what was wrong with it, I snuck into his room and found the papers lying on his bed. He'd taken photos of himself, making weird faces into the camera. The game system had been turned off, as expected. The first few pictures were normal, and then they changed into those strange faces that everyone knew about. The way the printer paper, you know, the strange faces that everyone knows about. <laughs> what if I don't know about the strange faces? Matt, no, everyone Matt, knows you, about it. Matt, you know about the strange, <laughs> Matt, you know about the strange faces. The way the printer paper was stained, they looked even weirder. As I looked down at the later pictures, though, they looked different. <laughs> Obviously, Sorry, you got me. <laughs> Obviously, the camera in the game was not the greatest, so it was sometimes hard to see details of someone's face, or maybe it would look blocky or blurry. The latter pictures, however, seemed to change. It wasn't just scribbles or silly words written on his face. His features seemed to change, and there were dark spots around his eyes and his mouth. His expression wasn't goofy anymore. Instead, it looked scared. Each picture seemed to change more and more. Eventually, the pictures changed to where it didn't even look like he was holding the camera anymore, but that someone else was taking the picture of him. He got farther and farther away, and what seemed to be a horrible story unfolded. It was showing Ryan running from the camera. The last picture was showing Ryan's face half missing. Dark pixels spilled out from the sides of his head and lying on the ground. Wait, what was that sentence? Sorry, can you run that by me again? I would love to. The last picture, there's, a, there's an SIC here. The last picture was showing Ryan's face half missing, dark pixels spilled out from the side of his head and lying on the ground. Any questions? Okay. No, I, I actually, I get the mental image, the, yeah. the sepia mental image. Yep. Yeah, I have none questions. I didn't know what to think. I didn't even know the little camera was capable of things like this. It frightened me immensely, and I jumped from my bed and ran to my mom and told her about the pictures. She didn't believe me and got angry that I was playing with it after my behavior. She just scolded me and sent me back to my room. I was too nervous to be angry, though. I wondered what was wrong with that Game Boy. Why did it print those pictures? I was immensely relieved when Ryan came back home that night for dinner. He seemed fine, and after that night, I convinced myself it must have been a problem with the system since it was so beaten up, you know, some kind of error. At some point later in the week, Ryan had tried again to take pictures. I heard him call it a piece of junk and then chuck it into a drawer. He threw all the pictures he had taken in the trash can. I didn't think much of the Game Boy and the camera until the week after. I'd been coloring in my room when I heard a terrible scream from outside and the sound of brakes squealing to a stop. Immediately, we all jumped up and ran outside to find out what happened, along with our neighbors. That sight that greeted us is still burned in my memory. Ryan had gone to walk across the street to his friend's house, just as he would any other day. A man had come speeding down the street and hit him. He'd been pulled under the car and his head half crushed under the tires as the man hit the brakes. My older brother's brain and skull were splattered under a pool of blood soaking into the street. Yeah, this takes a turn. Sure does. <laughs> I still remember the cry of agony and horror my mother let out and the rage and grief in my father's eyes as he pulled the man from the car and shouted at him, asking him what the hell he'd been doing to hit a child. My sisters pulled me back inside, trying to comfort me and shield me from the sight, but the damage was done. I'd seen exactly what the picture had shown me, and I knew the Game Boy had been the cause. In my naivete, I tried to tell them, hoping they would believe me. They did not believe me at all, and it made one of my sisters fall apart. The next few weeks were miserable. My parents were inconsolable, and my mother could barely take care of the house and of us. My eldest sister, Andrea, took over her role and struggled with it, angry with us and dealing with her own grief. She also took over cleaning 
out Ryan's side of the room that he'd shared with my older brother. At some point, she found the Game Boy and the Game Boy camera and asked if I wanted it. I told her it was cursed and that it killed Ryan. She said that I was being cruel to our parents by turning their gift that was meant for me into a guilt trip and that I needed to stop being so selfish. There's a lot of uh, childhood trauma to unpack here. <laughs> sure is. Yeah. I mean, th this isn't the place to add logical sure. arguments. Why didn't you throw the Game Boy camera away before this moment happened? Well, it was a gift, Todd. Uh, it right. was a gift. Uh, so silly me. Continue, yeah. please. The funeral for Ryan caused even more money stress on the family, and slowly, even at the young age I was, I could see they were not able to handle any of it well. I did my best at, the point to, at that point to keep out of trouble and didn't say anything else about the Game Boy camera. So there's your question answered. So it's not funny, but it is a funny framing of just the yeah. phrase money stress. <laughs> <laughs> like, I get it. I mean, I get what they're I, saying. Well, you get like, what you're saying. Money, but just like the phrase money stress. Yeah. I don't know when she took them, but at some point, I guess she needed a distraction from trying to hold up the house. I went into my sister's room to find a missing sock and thought it maybe had landed into their clothing. Her trash can had the same printer paper in it. An ice-cold sweat came over my body when I realized I couldn't stop myself. I reached in and looked at the pictures. They were the same. Andrea's face was slowly transforming into the looks of horror and fear before showing her in a, in a grotesque and terrifying position that I could only assume was a clue to how she would die. In the ending pictures, her face was barely recognizable and her skin was black. I was definitely sure now. The thing had to be destroyed. I thought to myself, maybe if I could destroy it, I could save my sister from the same fate. I tore her room apart, searching for the Game Boy. Eventually, I found it and the printer. As I held it in my hand, something chilling happened. It turned on. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the screen flashed the logo before it began to make noises and music. The sound was wrong, as though it were being played backwards. I had been looking straight at it, and suddenly, my face appeared on the screen. It began to print. In my panicked state, I went to shut it off, but found the button was down already. It should not have been running. I then proceeded to rip the, the printer paper out and the game out of the system. The Game Boy began to spark in error while the printer spewed out ink all over mine and Andrea's bed. I felt it, again, reminder, Game Boy printer does not use ink. <laughs> the Game Boy printer prints the same way that a receipt paper works. It's, yeah, it's like a Polaroid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I felt it heat up in my, my hands and dropped it watching the screen begin to smoke and the sparks fly out from both the Game Boy and the printer. After a minute or two, it seemed to die. Needless to say, I got in major trouble when my sister came home and found her bedsheets stained with ink and the system broken. My parents were furious and forbid me from going out with friends as well, as well as no TV. I was now considered very irresponsible and not allowed to touch any of my siblings' things. It didn't matter. I had saved her from a horrible fate and the cursed system was gone. Oh, thank God. Or so I thought. Oh, oh no! no. <laughs> <laughs> I think back and realize that of everything I did, the thing that it may have saved me was not letting the printer finish. Six months later, my sister was killed when she was driving home and slipped on something in the road, crashing her car and being trapped inside as it caught fire. When the police came to my parents, they had told him that she was burned beyond recognition, and the only reason they knew it was her was because she was driving my dad's car. I couldn't save her. I didn't dare tell my parents about the pictures. I don't think they would have believed me anyway. Years have passed and we've grown up. My parents never really recovered from Ryan and Andrea's deaths, and they have struggled immensely, as one would imagine. The three of us take care of them now, though we still have the old rabbit ears television for comfort's sake. 
There's still one thought that haunts me, though. Not unnecessary detail. Yeah. There's still one thought that haunts me, though, and it makes it, makes it hard to sleep at night. I never found out what they did with the broken Game Boy, the camera, and printer. I pray to God every night that the damned thing makes its way into some kind of trash compactor or is tangled with the plastic floating in the ocean. I fear, I fear that... The, please don't make... That's, that's bad for the environment. Right. <laughs> I fear that they still wanted it to have use and donated it or sold it for parts. And someone somewhere is repairing it and putting in new paper. And they will see what it was trying to print of me okay real quick love the story of the cursed thing you touch might kill you and something mm -hmm. else has someone else has it and it's going to see how it kills yeah. you love that what i can't get over in this very moment that we live in is the idea of parents selling the broken game boy camera for parts yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's it's not so far-fetched that someone would be like oh i have an old video game console and i need parts to repair it but the fact that like there's someone out there hunting for pieces of a yeah. game boy camera or here's the thought ship of theseus moment if you remove pieces <laughs> from the haunted game boy camera <laughs> and put it into a different game boy camera is that the haunted game boy camera now Maybe we are all haunted Game Boy cameras. <laughs> we are all of us. Yeah. Inside us, there are two haunted Game Boy cameras. <laughs> so so this, that, that's the story. Um, there's a couple of fun little anecdotes here. So in the comments, someone posted, so this is basically Say Cheese and Die, like the Goosebumps book, Say it Cheese is. and Die. It kind yeah. of is, yeah. Also, so you, you hearing this, you kind of imagine like, okay, maybe this is like, this is probably like someone who's like 12, 13, like they're clearly like dealing with some like sibling stuff, you know, at the bottom, the, the fun postscript here is credit colon Ariane MD. Oh, now, now is that okay? Okay. Wait, wait. There's a story there. Do they live in Maryland? Valid question. I would imagine not since it's M period D period. So I like to think that this is someone's primary care physician who's writing <laughs> on Game Boy cameras on the side. Which, like, again, to be clear, hey, you do you. I'm, I love that you have this side hobby. That's right. great. That's wonderful. You might need to talk to a therapist about your, about your childhood traumas, though. Maybe MD stands for Mad Dog. Maybe it stands for Mad, Mad Dog. That's what it is. That's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, poor Kate, no loss dose. No loss trace, actually. Right. A doctor right. a doctor who, who lives in Maryland and enjoys Mad Dog. Dr. Mad Dog from Maryland. <laughs> Dr. Mad Dog from Maryland. So yeah, that's the haunted Game Boy camera. Hey, hot take. I don't hate that one. No, that one was it's pretty, pretty fun. fun. Yeah. We've done this a lot. And there's been some yeah. pretty bad creepy pastas and that one's not bad it was pretty well written like i only i only changed tenses a few times but like it's succinct it 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 all made sense it's not like the greatest ending but again like endings are hard that's a better ending than a lot of Most the things of we've heard so yeah it's super yeah easy. it uh it has i mean not to say that creepypasta.com uh is the end all be all of rating mm -hmm. creepypastas gotta say it's probably a good yeah, start it's rated. it has an 8.38 out of 10 from 609 votes that's like yeah pretty solid yeah it's yeah. a lot more than the one that you're about to read Todd. <laughs> yeah hey that's a good that's a good transition <laughs> if that's an 8.38 i'm bringing you a 5.66 so here's here's what i got for you so this is not so much a horror story as like a a 
I'm going to use the word creepy story. So the trigger warning I'm going to give you here is that uh, this will obviously talk about as most creepypastas are, someone is dying, someone dies um, so that a family member passes in this and also a uh, cult experience uh, being the other trigger warning. And in a lighthearted mo moment, this is also a fallout trigger warning. If you have been personally uh, hurt or wronged by Todd Howard or fallout in general, like some of us on this podcast have been, this one is going to hit you deep. This one is called the Bethesda cult, which <laughs> good luck finding out where uh, where the line is between nonfiction and fiction on this one. <laughs> there I was sweating in my uncomfortable seat, surrounded by sounds of obnoxious, unsynchronized clapping. Todd Howard had just made his usual appearance on the annual E3 Gaming Expo stage. The crowd was anxious, awaiting their anticipated announcements, ready to possibly be disappointed. Myself? I wasn't at the expo during the claustrophobic mania for some video games. Don't get me wrong, I enjoy a good RPG every once in a while, but that wasn't my intentions on the day in question. I was focused on Howard's body language, the glare in his eyes, <laughs> looking for any subtle off movements even in his choice of dialogue. There's been something bugging me for some time now that I have a firm and dedicated belief for. Todd and the company of Bethesda are in fact part of a secret cult. I know how crazy this sounds. Hey, listeners, it doesn't actually sound that crazy. No. But please, just hear me out. Allow me to take you back to the traumatizing experience that started all of this. Orange, red, yellow. The leaves brought on an offset of color to an otherwise gloomy autumn day. The season also happened to be the prefix to the disc that was held in my hands. Fallout 4. <laughs> Did anyone own the disc for Fallout 4? Who bought the I physical copy? I didn't know copy? that they had a physical copy of Fallout Me neither. <laughs> that was pretty firmly in the we're all doing digital downloads, right? Anyway, yeah. not the point. I was a little late at having my first try at the game as I picked it up around November of last year. Still, I was pretty excited to give it a go. It gained a lot of popularity after all. With my game in my PS4 console, I recall myself sitting on my bed for hours on end. I was fully absorbed into the wasteland-filled virtual environment, forgetting about the spilled cup of cola on the floor next to my feet and the fallen slice of pizza on my bed sheets. Who is this person? If you, <laughs> who's got up upside-down pizza on their bed and they're just like, nah? My headcanon is that this is a disgruntled games journalist. But, but just by way of the way that they describe their experience right. at E3 as being uncomfortably sweaty. Yeah, that feels right. It isn't not. Yeah. The real world around me was ultimately non-existent. It wasn't until my controller died that, I, that reality peeked through again. I, however, only used this moment of clarity to freak out and quickly plug in the charging cable between my system and controller. I had to hurry up and jump back into the Fallout universe. This is where I felt like I was worth something. This is where I didn't feel alone. Hey, no Fallout universe has ever made you feel like you're worth anything. Just to be clear, it's aside from being like the lone, the, the wasteland wanderer, the hero of the wasteland that gets referenced in other games, you're never of any value except very briefly in any Fallout game. Also, Fallout games are exclusively supposed to make you feel alone. <laughs> right. <laughs> Even except for like Fallout 2 that it's like, oh, you're the descendant of the person who saved the wilderness. Go do it again. Anyway, <laughs> not the point. Fallout 4 was a game where I could build, fight and help people in need. The settlement crafting system pulled me in, allowing me to create houses out of resources I worked so hard for. Enemies that got in my way, I would fend off using practical weapons I made myself. 
On quests, I found mutants and irradiated hostiles, the likes of which led me to achievements. These accolades made me feel great and wanted in this made-up reality. Finally, something made life livable that didn't happen to be prescription or recreational drugs. Which, like, (laughs) whomst among us hasn't, (laughs) hasn't retreated for that sweet, sweet release in a video game. My virtual ecstasy, however, came to an abrupt halt. I began noticing some things out of the ordinary, even for a game of fantasy. I'd come up to these electronic terminals in the game and notice some patterns. Whether I was in a shopping mart, a library, or a museum, the same world, same word would pop up on the terminals, along with the rest of the text. I never really noticed until I saw it appear even in multiples on some of the screens. The word that struck my attention was end. Most wouldn't bat an eye at this. I mean, this game is set in a post-apocalyptic world, so the word end is rather fitting. For one reason or another, it didn't feel fitting to me at all. I see this word pop up all the time throughout my life. Everyone has that magic number that seems to follow them everywhere they go, whether it's lucky seven or unlucky 13. You guys know how you just got that number. Yeah, everybody's got a number. That number that's like looming outside your house, driving by (laughs) slowly to see if you're home. Jim Carrey had 23. (laughs) 23. Is that for anybody? I don't think that's I mean, correct. vaguely, yeah, I guess. Thanks, Matt. You're welcome. I don't get it. I, I don't the, get it. I was referencing the movie The Number 23 starring Jim Carrey. That was the concept of that movie, Todd. Now that was you're the whole part the of, point Perfect. of the movie. I meant, I got it. Yep. Back, snap back to reality. <laughs> <laughs> well, mine is the word end. That's, that's, his, that's his, the writer's number. Mm-hmm. I see it inside gas stations, grocery stores the daily newspapers, even on cereal boxes. The word is constantly being thrown at me. As soon as I started noticing this, I decided to look at one more terminal in the game. I came across one that was fairly easy to get to. There wasn't much disturbance, just some destroyed cars, no enemies in sight. The terminal didn't seem unusual at first, with the same common words lit up on the monitor. Then something obstructed the screen. The entire thing filled up with my least favorite word, typed over and over. Sorry, I'm just laughing at having a least favorite word right now. (laughs) It sped up gradually, eventually to the point that my eyes couldn't keep up. I was wildly confused, wondering if this was just part of a video game. It was then that I turned off the game, not caring about where I was or when I last saved my progress. I was far too spooked to continue. Uh, Fallout 4 famously has an autosave feature, so they probably didn't lose much. Later that evening, I shared my experience with one of my close friends while hanging out at his house. I told him I finally gave the game a shot and mentioned what had happened, hoping he wouldn't judge me and perhaps would know what I was talking about. My questions, to my dismay, were not answered. I've put hundreds of hours in Fallout 4, and that isn't anything I've witnessed through my playthroughs, he stated. This led me to believe that I've simply played the game for so long that it had taken a toll on my mental state. Somehow, this theory just made me feel worse, which those sentences are actually pretty accurate for games like Fallout. Like, Mm -hmm. you will put so much time in there that you do feel detached from reality and then feel worse and worse. Walking back home that day, my phone kept ringing from all sorts of numbers, all of which I assumed were telemarketers, considering I didn't recognize the numbers. I ignored them for a while, but there was one I decided to finally answer. Hello? I questioned in a cautious tone. Hey, this is GameStop. Your copy of Fallout 4 you ordered has arrived from the warehouse. You can come by and pick it up anytime. We're open till 9 p.m. today. Ah, thank you, I responded in confused fashion. I started answering more calls. My cell phone was being bombarded with one new number after another. Perplex would be an understatement of which to describe my mind at this point in time. 
Each phone call was from a different GameStop, at least a dozen or so from across the country, calling to tell me I had ordered a copy of Fallout 4 and it was ready to pick up. At this point, I was more frustrated than confused. I assumed my friend was playing some sort of prank at my expense. I eventually began blocking the numbers as they came in. Despite knowing where the calls were more than likely coming from, something about the ordeal just wasn't sitting well with me. To make matters worse, something far more peculiar happened upon opening the door to my home. I didn't walk through the doorway. No, not in the slightest. As soon as the door opened, I found myself sitting on my bed, controller in hand, looking directly at my TV screen. It's tough for me to explain, but it felt as though I'd never left the house. The game itself was still running, stopped right where I'd left off, the word end, plastered across the terminal screen and yet again multiplying rapidly. I shot up from my bed and unplugged both my television and PlayStation. I looked up and noticed something. Everything in the room was just how I left it, but the walls. They were undoubtedly different. The word end surrounded the perimeter of my bedroom, written in all different colors and sizes. At first I was outraged, wondering who had broken into my home and vandalized my room. I thought it might have been my friend pulling out all the stops to severely spook me. If so, it was working. The explanation fell flat when I realized that the word painted across my room was written in my own handwriting. But hold on. How does that make any sense? A harmless glitch, hallucinations, and writing on the walls? What does it all mean? Well, at this point I wasn't sure, but I knew I had to get to the bottom of it. Without a better plan in mind, I decided to go directly to the source. Todd Howard himself. (laughs) Pause for dramatic effect. And this is what brought me to a room full of boisterous clamor, waiting for a presentation to be over. I grew anxious sitting there, hoping I could speak with Mr. Howard. I didn't know what he'd say or even if he'd believe me, but I was a slave to my own wishful thinking. Perhaps he could explain all my worries away and put my mind at ease once and for all. Unfortunately for me, my issues couldn't be fixed with a patch or update. Hey, unfortunately for every Fallout fan, it can't be fixed with a patch or an update. (laughs) It's a permanent mark against you. My heart racing, there finally came a time everyone left their seats. My legs were shaking, but that was mostly from sitting for such a long period of time. Just as I was about to stumble through the exit and head backstage, a man grabbed me by the arm and pulled me aside. It was none other than Todd Howard, an answer to my prayers. (laughs) That sentence. Oh my god. About time, sir. We've been expecting you. That's how Todd Howard sounds. He exclaimed, You have? Of course. I've been waiting for you to get the hint, to finally come join us. Just please don't tell anybody, he replied. Join you for what? I'm gathering a number of people to help us at Bethesda to start a doomsday plan. (laughs) I'm not at liberty to say why you or any others were chosen, but I can tell you that we are using Fallout as a net to capture those who who can be of use to us. It also foreshadows what the world will look like in the near future. That's if, of course, you and the others are willing to join us. We can't do it on our own. What would happen, hypothetically speaking, if I don't join? Well, you're free to do whatever you'd like. But the end has already begun. If you don't help us, someone will take your place, and I just know that you'll regret it. The clock is ticking. Mr. Howard handed me a business card, upon which the text, pre-register for your spot on the end list today, along with a 1-800 number. I took the card and went back to my hotel to get some rest and process everything. It'd be a nice way to relax and hopefully cope with the strange events occurring in my life. I would soon find that relaxation was nowhere within reach. Entering into my room, Anger and distortion came over me. The TV in the hotel room was lit up with a copy of Fallout 4 playing. It was stuck on the same screen with the word end typed all over it. 
just as it was back that November day. As if that wasn't enough, the phone rang, though this was a number that I recognized. Hey, Dad, what's up? I answered, as I normally did when my father called. <laughs> Narration is, is great. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry to bother you during your trip, but I just have some upsetting news to share with you. Your brother, he just passed away moments ago. Wait, what? How? I shouted out of shock and despair. I was never close to my brother, and him always being away at war. <laughs> <laughs> you know the war and with him was being away at war and whatnot it sounds horrible but it felt as though it felt like he was more of a distant relative than a sibling even still my heart sunk the nurses aren't completely certain but they claim radiation poisoning was at fault i find that questionable because no bombs have been dropped near his location they're going to do us a further analysis in the coming weeks to let us know i'll be back in town as soon as possible please keep me updated with any other information comes up I'm not sure how to handle this. I was just talking to him a couple days ago. I let out along with a single tear of pure grief. I will, son. This has just been hard for me. And I'll be devastated for as long as this world lasts. He'll be looking down on us, smiling. At least he's in a better place. My father said this in a tone of... He's no of longer hurt. at war. <laughs> he's no longer at war. <laughs> Some would say he found peace. <laughs> My father said this in a tone of hurt and heartache. He then changed the subject, probably to lighten the mood a bit something he awkwardly did to avoid dealing with more serious issues. Hey, by the way, I have a piece of mail I found stuck in the door tonight. Pretty odd for a Sunday. It has my name on it. I think it's for you. It says something about a Fallout 76 beta invitation and has the word end written all over it. Do you want it? I hung up on my own father. <laughs> I'm not sure why or how I found myself in this ongoing nightmare, but it feels like I'm trapped in my own apocalypse. Take these words however you'd like. Believe what you want. But Bethesda is not a game company. Todd Howard is up to something. And this is the start of the end. That's the end of it. Um, I want to... It's a lot to unpack here. There's a place where, you know, art imitates life is probably how we should start this. Listen, Fallout 76 has a $10 a month subscription that's been going since 2019 and people are paying for it. We have met people that pay for it and like love that. And that's great. Todd Howard is up to something. <laughs> and this may be the start of the end. Uh, the thesis behind this is so good. <laughs> it's so good. If you haven't, I mean, Todd Howard, his presentations are like close to what used to be iPhone presentations yeah. of like Todd Howard hits the stage. The lights slowly turn on and he goes, imagine a future. A future where Fallout is online. And everyone goes, oh, and they all lose their... people are just screaming and clapping and sweating. I think my favorite part of this is, hi, I'm Todd Howard. I'm building a doomsday cult. Do you want to join? <laughs> there's, there's so much like, I mean, you know, game makes you go, go crazy. You're writing on the walls. Love that. And it, yeah, it's just like, here's the delivery. Here it yeah. is. It's Todd Howard. He's yeah. known all along, Todd Howard. Yeah. I liked the, this is how I talk to my father. That was a good, <laughs> you know, how you talk to your father after you know, tell tells you your brother died. Well, so here's, here's what I thought that we are, I guess, making some assumptions that this is a person set in America. Um, that's where E3 takes place. Um, so I guess we'll make a reasonable assumption. Well, and they're at war. <laughs> yeah, well, th that's the that's thing. That's true, yeah. I, I was like, I was like, how do we timestamp this? Okay, Fallout 76 um, I believe that launched in uh, 19. 
And I'm like, but we're at war. Which war? Any war. All war. I mean, actually. the U.S. has been at war since, uh huh. You know, early 2000s for what it's worth. Yeah. Yeah. So I tried to put a timestamp on this, and then I'm like, you know what? Could be anything. Could be everything. You know, brother is at war. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Wow. All right. Well, I guess with the new things we've learned about Bethesda cult leader Todd Howard, this is a perfect time to take a break. And then we'll be back with more spooky spaghetti. All right, we'll see you in a minute. And now, a spectacular express spooky review read. This review titled, Binge-Worthy. I can't stress how beneficial for everyone who isn't Todd it will be if you read through this review to see how hilarious these guys are. <laughs> I heard about this podcast while they debated if DVD players could be considered a video game console at the Portland Retro Gaming Con. I have been devouring this faster than a Castlevania wall chicken and have joined the hashtag ButtThwap nation <laughs> each episode is one of the guys modding the arguments the other three bring to the table about a nerdy random topic what game would you turn into a dating sim what video game food would bobby play serve or in flavor text they take deep dives into a singular topic and really explore the topic it ranges from pokemania to sexual identities in comics <laughs> This has been a Spooktacular Express Spooky Review Read. All right, welcome back to Creepypasta Storytime. It is my turn, and every year we've done this, we've all brought video game creepypastas. Now... This podcast is a video game and comic book comedy podcast, and I thought, boy, it might be time for a comic book creepypasta. Ooh, and on creepypasta.fandom.com, I found exactly one comic book creepypasta, and I would like to present it to you now. This one is called The Comic. Really owning the genre here. <laughs> yeah, you know, as far as... um trigger warnings or anything goes poor descriptions of graphic violence as long as you're good with that you're gonna be okay so yeah i am really curious where were you guys finding ratings for your uh creepypasta.com oh okay well i'm on the wrong site for that yours yeah yours is unrated so we'll rate it when we're done yeah you're on the anarchist version of creepypasta <laughs> the fandom i'm on the what's the what's what's the nega zone version of little italy Big Sicily? Uh, is that anything? I, I, big Sicily? Sure. Big Sicily. <laughs> well, wait, hey, let's let's it's, think through this. If there's a if there's a, a space in a major metropolitan metropolis. I think it's the, little Moscow. Well, I was gonna say like I was gonna say like gigantic Oklahoma City. What's like the opposite of <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, like, okay, so so if you think about like you know spaces in in metropolis areas of like oh that's little italy like that's like the really cool italian district where there's like really great italian food and, and vibrant 
what's the opposite of that? And it's like gigantic Oklahoma is the best I can come up with. Apologies to any listeners in Oklahoma. (laughs) I have nothing to apologize for. (laughs) All right. Anyway, uh, I would like to read for you now this creepypasta I found called The Comic. Oklahoma City isn't even in Oklahoma. I have nothing to apologize for. Anyway, I'm going to read my story (laughs) now. Um, This one is called The Comic. Again, author unlisted. My friend Vincent and I both love to write comics. We have fifth hour together, and conveniently, we sit next to each other in class. That usually never happens when you have assigned seats. One day, we decided to create a book of comics where Vincent would come up with the ideas and I'd draw them. But sometimes we'd take the comics home, and if we had an idea, we'd draw it whether it was me or not. After we were done with a comic, we'd show it to our friends. A few days ago, Vincent came up to me and said that he'd been reading Creepypasta recently and asked if I'd heard of them. Obviously, I had, because, you know, we wouldn't be here right now if I hadn't. We talked about them until the teacher passed out homework. While we were working on the homework, Vincent said that he had an idea for the comic, but said that he wanted to draw it himself. I said okay, and he took the comics and started to write in it. Soon after this, the bell rang, and we got ready to go to our sixth hour. Vincent said he wasn't done with the comic yet, so he'd take it to the next hour to work on it. The next hour came and passed, and Vincent handed the comics back to me, saying that he still wasn't done yet, but he wanted me to read it. Now, just keep in mind that the comics we make are supposed to be humorous or just plain corny. Hey, real quick, speaking of corny, I meant to make fun of Kansas, not Oklahoma, and I want to get that specific here. Kansas City is in Missouri. Big Kansas. Sorry, Matt, continue. I flipped to the page he told me (laughs) and started reading. The comic was about a nice old chap named Gutsby. What a pleasant name. (laughs) Gutsby? (laughs) It's too many consonants in a row, Gutsby. (laughs) Gutsby was walking down the sidewalk with a few people laying on the side of the sidewalk in puddles of blood, eyes closed. Gutsby came up to a bystander and the bystander asked what the heck people on the side of the sidewalk were doing. Gutsby responded, they're sleepy and walked away merrily. Gutsby. Wow. The comic creeped me out more than made me laugh, but I didn't want to be rude. So I responded in a chuckle and handed it back to him. Vincent then asked me why I was laughing. I said, you're comic. It was funny. He told me that the punchline hasn't come yet, which is why the comic isn't done. That made me both relieved and worried. Relieved that something that disturbing wasn't supposed to be funny, but worried because I was wondering how he could turn a creepy comic into something laughable. or maybe not even laughable at all (laughs) (laughs) maybe the next day in fifth hour vincent handed the comic back to me saying that it was almost done i hesitantly read it as you already know on the side of the sidewalk dead people were lying there the next part showed how the people died it turned out gutsby all along was the one killing people big surprise by a guy named gutsby (laughs) 
each person killing was er unique, if that's what you'd call it. One person got their eyes ripped out of their sockets, another with their heart being ripped out, and a person who had a long and painful death. <laughs> the comic then went back to the sidewalk and showed Gutsby stopping at someone's door, knocking on it, and the comic ended. Vincent sure has a knack for ending comics in a cliffhanger. I asked him what was going to happen next, and he responded, It's a surprise. It's a murder. It's not a surprise. It's a murder. I, I feel like it's going to be murder. Feels, feels like that's just how you end. Anyway. Gutsby's MO seems to be murder. Yeah, he's a big fan of it. Seriously, I said, is this comic supposed to be funny or scary? He took the comics from me and walked away without a response. Me and Vincent like to pull pranks on each other, but this was getting out of hand. I know it's just a comic, but really. As school and my day went on, I couldn't stop thinking about the comic. This was totally unlike Vincent. Why couldn't he just tell me what was going to happen? It's not like I'm going to laugh or anything. Honestly, who could <laughs> laugh at that? The next day came, and at the beginning of the day, he handed me back the comic. He told me it was done. I flipped to the page the comic left off last time. In the next panel, Gutsby opened the door that led to a dark building. He flipped the switch on and walked down the empty room. At the edge of the room, Gutsby's body was lying there. Eye sockets torn out, heart ripped out, and on his chest. Gutsby stood there watching his carcass. There was a slight <laughs> grin on his face. Wait, and I'm sorry. Gutsby what? was both dead and also watching, like, there, looking at G his... Okay. Gutsby was same, both dead and alive. It's a real um, the, Schrodinger's the Gutsby situation. <laughs> I asked where the punchline was. He said that Gutsby's soul watching his dead body was the punchline. That isn't funny, I said. That's just creepy. Are you kidding? Vincent asked. It's hilarious. I stared down at the comic, and I, too, started laughing. <laughs> All right, you got me. Great prank, I said. Vincent said that this wasn't a prank, and that he actually was serious about the comic being funny. I handed back the comic to him and asked if I could be the writer now and he be the artist. He said sure, but by the look in his face, he didn't seem to know why. Now I look back at that day, I should laugh. Well, I should laugh, anyway. But today we're supposed to be getting an exchange student named Gutsby. And what do you know? Oh my god. He's in my fifth hour with me and Vincent. I... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so, on a scale of spookums, one to ten, um, I'd, give it, I'd give it a five. Ooh, five whole spookums. Five whole nice, spookums, nice. Uh, largely as a level set for future comic spookums to come, mostly. Mm -hmm. I, I'm left with questions. Yeah. Uh -huh. I like to think of this character, Gutsby, as a kind of metaphysical commentary on the malaise and the glitz and glamour of the current age. Um, hence mm. why they call him the Great Gutsby. It's a Great Gatsby joke. 
It, it was. was. It was really, yeah, was that it. what it was? Yeah, it was Andrew? a great Gatsby joke. Uh-huh. Yep. The real, real Jim Carrey's 23 moment. Yep. yep. The <laughs> cultural touchstone that we're all I'm very on. familiar with. Hey, look, I'm on all cylinders this morning, baby. Right. Obviously, the it was a, a long walk to introducing a deranged killer, question mark, named Gutsby. Well, an exchange student. Exchange student, yeah. We well, actually you, don't we, know if the exchange student is like in any way harmful. It's fair. Gutsby yeah. could be in this reality a very common name. Gutsby is really uh, this year's, um, you know, uh, what's a name that a lot of people are naming their kids now? Uh, Braylon. Braylon. Bra- Bra- Braylon is this. I guess I'm confused about Gutsby killing Gutsby. Mm-hmm. Uh, where that take? Are there two Gutsbys? Who who's on first with the Gutsby situation? Is where I'm at. Well, it was Gutsby soul watching Gutsby. It wasn't. Oh, uh, I, I think it was his okay. soul the whole okay. time. Mm-hmm. Right. The real journey was the Gutsby's we made along the way. Yeah. I yeah. like it. I'll take it. I've I've read far worse creepy pastas. Yeah, it's fun. It's Gutsby. <laughs> Gutsby. We did have um I wanna I wanted to cover off too. We had a listener submission. So our longtime listener and member of Butt Thwomp Nation, Zach X, uh, sent over I'm not gonna read the creepypasta, but I'm gonna summarize it. It's called I Hate You. It literally in the title is Bad Creepypasta. So Great. Gird your proverbial loins here. <laughs> what more do you want? Right. So this one and the reason why I, I want to talk about this one is it's one of the better examples of like the like Ben drowned. We're going to, we're going to really drive in on making a common video game haunted. So the whole point behind, I hate you is this user plays this kind of cursed version of super Mario world that has all this like kind of funny imagery. And (laughs) so the first picture that I've put in our notes here, which we will make available (laughs) Is uh, so the last world in <laughs> oh, Super God, Mario no. World. <laughs> <laughs> the last, the la- I, I think this is very funny. The last uh, world in Super Mario World is the Bowser level, where you like to get there. This like big Bowser head open. This cave of Bowser it looks like the Cave of Wonders in Aladdin opens up in in like in the middle of the ocean. And this version, instead of like listed Bowser's world, it just says, oh, God, no. And the Bowser Cave of Wonders is crying blood. Awesome. Uh, But it's just like this like pixelated red streak (laughs) down. That to me is very, very funny. So the user describes like kind of going through this first level and is like pretty much just like an open corridor. And there's just a bunch of like ghosts, like booze flying around and they can't do anything. But the first thing they see this bullet bill, but the, <laughs> the bullet bill, its eyes are wide open and its mouth is open and it's like crying blood, but it just looks insane. <laughs> so awesome. I can't, I can't do it justice. There's some more things about like where, there's I hate you written in blood on the background. It's very edgy. And then they run into this next room with all of these thwomps who are just like covered in pooled blood. <laughs> like they Good. just oh. mangled corpses <laughs> after the, the thwomps. So we go through this insane, you know, reskin of these like classic Mario World levels. And We get to the final boss, and the big reveal is that it's not Bowser, it's Luigi. And it's Luigi, it's revealed as though Luigi's the one who's been writing I hate you in blood, 
Awesome. So Mario fights Luigi, and uh, let's see here. Um, <laughs> you thought Koopa worked alone? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you so got to do it in, this, a, in a Charlie Day voice. Oh, there's yeah. This, like, play hey, you thought, hey, you thought Koopa worked alone? <laughs> so there's this kind of play-by-play -play of the two of them like jumping on each other on the bridge, and then it ends with <laughs> Luigi getting kicked into lava, much like the first boss fight against, I think, Iggy Koopa, where like the bridge goes teeters back and forth. You have to jump on Iggy Koopa mm. and knock him off. So like that's what they're doing here. And then you see Luigi uh, fall into the lava and do like the Terminator 2 like thumbs up while he's like falling and he's like, screaming, oh God, no. And then so the final roll credits after you beat Mario World is just like a picture of Mario and Peach and Luigi. So they, they reskinned it to be Mario looking upset, Peach crying, and Luigi being like a zombified corpse. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> This is like peak video game creepypasta to me, where it's like mm -hmm. they've taken assets and like someone has like lovingly like either like reskinned or like done like a ROM hack to make something um, to make something look quote unquote creepy. I find this very funny, and uh, it, this is a good one. And we'll we'll link it to we'll link it this in the show notes as well as the other ones. I love canonically that I'm pretty sure Mario and Luigi live together. Sometimes maybe they have bunk beds. Like yeah. canonically, if Luigi hates Mario so much, he wants to kill him. Yeah, he like works through the ranks of the Mushroom Kingdom to set elaborate saw like traps <laughs> right. instead of yeah. just like smothering him with a pillow while yeah. he's sleeping. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a real. It takes a lot of effort. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that this has been an excellent edition of Spooky Pasta story time here on debate this this last image that you shared of the end is <laughs> my favorite good. mario image i've ever seen it yeah. needs the spooky question mark at the end but i'm in other well, than that this will be also be the episode image oh it's super well yeah we're gonna <laughs> yeah. use that hey thanks for joining us on our creepypasta story time and letting us extend spooktacular express for uh, some extra time we just got traveled out and all had work things and scheduling got hard. But after this week, we will be back on our regular rotation. We have a new debate episode coming up next week that I'm very excited about. I think it's going to be really awesome. And yeah, we're we're looking forward to it. Thank you to everybody who wrote reviews for Spooktacular yes. Express. Oh my God, thank you. Yeah, thank you. I won't, we, I won't be thanking anyone for anything. Why well, won't that's you a, be that's thanking them, Todd? Why don't you why don't you tell us why you're upset about this? Because like I haven't counted, but if we haven't hit it, we're super close to me having to play Doki Doki Literature Club on stream, which is, I will admit, a thing when we started pitching this a month ago, I was like, well, that's impossible. But, <laughs> but just just the other day, my real life partner, who I love a lot, said to me, why is insert mutual friend who listens to the show? asking me to leave a review for your show you have to play a video game if i do that and like <laughs> it's followed me into my very real life and so thanks i guess i love that everyone's listening and reviewing and having a good time but also i'm gonna fight each one of you behind the swing sets in real life yeah that's fair I really like that it took one of our mutual friends to ask your wife to review mm -hmm. our podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're I, the, listen, this has layers to it, Matt. I get it. <laughs> it's a lot to unpack. It's not lost on me.
Well, anyway, thank you all for listening in to Debate This. You can follow along with the arguments on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Debate This Cast or on our website at DebateThisCast.com. Look, we've already talked about it. The Spooktacular Express Patreon Drive and the Spooktacular Review-a-thon were awesome. Thank you so much to the patrons we gained this month and for the reviews we gained this month. Truly, it means the world to us. Honestly, if you want to drop us some more reviews to add to the total, maybe we'll make Todd play other bad games. Who Yay. knows? I'm still hoping for Outlast. Also, maybe Doki we'll Doki make Literature Club is not a bad game. It's a very, very good game. Yeah, it just be true. a very bad experience. The the review ratio of like how many reviews it would take for me to play Outlast on stream is an immense number. Give me a number. Matt. Give me a number, I Todd. I won't. Yeah, give I us won't. A number. Do it. All right. It's, it's, well, it's a, if we do this again next year, it's at least double what we have now because that's great. in cre- how last is so scary. Challenge accepted. 50 reviews by the end of next October. Todd's playing out last. So yep. <sighs> write a review of the podcast on Apple podcast, Spotify, Podchaser, or your podcast app of choice. And hey, I mean, if you want to tag us in a screenshot, it's nice because we don't always get to see those. I think that we probably ran some more spooky reviews today. Maybe we'll keep running them for the rest of November. Yeah, Who knows? Not? Also, <laughs> join our Patreon or whatever. Until next time, I'm Matt Cole. I'm Andrew. I'm haunted by this copy of Eternal Sonata, Mom's Creepy Pasta, Henderson. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Todd Lurid Linguini Thomas. Good. Good. And we're saying thanks for debating with us. And if you think we're wrong, you can come fight us behind the swing sets, nerds. 